With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. We may have only just gotten back to the studio after the May 1st holiday, but there's already a wave of major developments from China's business scene to catch up with. Also, there's been a major plot twist with the long-awaited investment agreement between the EU and China. President Xi Jinping says his country will go on to host the 2022 Winter Olympics just as planned, and after suffering quite the PR disaster, Tesla is taking steps to clean up its image in the world's second-largest economy. If you're hoping to keep up with all the big news stories from the Asian giant that is China, then you are definitely listening to the right show. And we start with Beijing's historic purchase of one particular American crop. China bought a record 1.36 million metric tons of corn from the U.S. for the marketing year, which kicks off from September onwards. According to Bloomberg, the purchase comes on top of more than 20 million tons the Asian nation already bought in the current season as it looks to rebuild a growing hog herd that was previously decimated by African swine flu. The news may raise concerns about a looming supply crunch given how dire weather conditions have already resulted in serious crop loss. And in other major trade news, China's latest export figures have beaten expectations. According to data from China's General Administration of Customs, the country's exports rose by a higher-than-expected 32.3% year-on-year in April. The latest figure adds to signs that the economy continues to recover from last year's COVID-19 pandemic amid increased demand from countries still struggling to contain outbreaks of the virus. The pace was faster than the median forecasts for 21.3% growth in a Caixin survey of economists and was up from a 30.6% increase in March. Meanwhile, last month saw imports jump by 43.1%, According to the same official data, this marks the fastest expansion in imports in more than a decade. The growth in imports was slightly above the median forecast in the Caixin survey for a gain of 41% and was higher than the 38.1% year-on-year growth in March. After finding itself in a social media firestorm on how it handles customer complaints, Tesla has taken steps to placate its customers. The company says it will launch a database this year so that Chinese owners of Tesla vehicles 
will be able to access information related to their cars. That's according to a Thursday company statement. So far, there's been no mention of whether car owners will need to pay a fee to access such information or exactly what type of data will be shared on the database. The news comes after the U.S. electric vehicle giant faced quite some backlash last month after a disgruntled customer climbed on top of a Tesla car at the Shanghai Auto Show to draw attention to a brake safety issue. Not only did her protest result in a viral video of the incident, but it also prompted regulators to get tougher on the California-based car maker. And speaking of Tesla's endeavors to be a good sport about this controversial episode, there's also been some big news on one of the world's biggest sports events, the 2022 Winter Olympics. According to Bloomberg, President Xi Jinping has told the International Olympic Committee he's certain the Games will be held as planned in winter next year and has completed the construction of all necessary sports venues. Xi's comments may reflect on China's confidence that it has contained the coronavirus outbreak. The Chinese head of state reportedly also said his country will cooperate with the committee to come up with an effective vaccine strategy for the Olympic contestants. And while China may be determined for the Winter Olympic Games to go ahead, the same is not so clear for the country's investment deal with the European Union. After seven years of negotiations, the agreement's fate has fallen into doubt. The news comes after EU officials made conflicting comments about the deal following disagreements related to the Xinjiang region. EU Commission Vice President Valdis Dombrovskis told AFP News Agency Wednesday that the EU suspended its political outreach activities regarding the investment deal. In the interview, he said, quote, It's clear in the current situation, with the EU sanctions in place against China and Chinese counter-sanctions in place, including against members of European Parliament, that the environment is not conducive for ratification of the agreement. Dombrovskis added that the investment accord will, quote, depend really on how broader EU relations will evolve, end quote. Brussels and Beijing hammered out the investment agreement in December 2020. Before it can take effect, the accord needs to be ratified by EU member states and the European Parliament. And finally, some news on the COVID-19 vaccine front. On Friday, China's Sinopharm vaccine won World Health Organization approval for emergency use. The move makes it the sixth shot to receive the body's green light and paves the way for its broader rollout worldwide. According to its statement, the WHO's nod represents its approval of the vaccine's safety, efficacy, and quality. The body's authorization means that the Chinese vaccine will become eligible for use in COVAX, a global program co-led by the organization and other health groups, to guarantee that every country has fair access to COVID-19 vaccines. The initiative is believed to particularly benefit poor countries suffering vaccine shortages. The previous five vaccines that have won WHO approval for emergency use are the Pfizer-BioNTech, Janssen, and Moderna shots, as well as two versions of the AstraZeneca-Oxford vaccine. Let's turn now to Nandini Venkata, co-producer of this program and podcast producer for its Hyacin Global. Nandini, welcome back. Hi, Kaiser. Great to be here. So, Nandini, there is a lot of news, and there has been for some time now, about the potential delisting of the big Chinese telecom companies from American stock exchanges. Uh, but it's all been pretty confusing, with the news seeming to, to change pretty often. Can you tell us uh, what's actually going on right now? 
Yeah, sure. So, first of all, at the center of the story are three of China's top wireless carriers. So that's China Mobile, China Unicom, and China Telecom. And all three are state-owned companies. They're listed on the New York Stock Exchange, and they're also listed in Hong Kong. And to really understand what's going on, we need to begin this whole thing in November 2020. So back then, the former U.S. President Donald Trump signed an executive order, and this essentially banned U.S. entities from investing in companies which were alleged. To have ties to the Chinese military. So, to put this in more simple terms, the executive order effectively meant that American funds and also individual investors、uh, were prohibited from buying stocks in such blacklisted Chinese companies. And I guess something that I should also point out is that. With this story, there's a bit of a confusing back and forth, and I'm sure some of our listeners may be aware of it. So, when the order was first announced, the stock exchange said that it would remove the three carriers at the end of 2020, believing that it was obligated to do so under the Trump order. But then it reversed its decision. And then in January, it did another 180 turn and reinstated the original plan to drop the three companies. If I could just jump in here, so why did the Trump administration target these three companies specifically? Okay, so as to why the previous president singled out the likes of China Mobile and China Telecom, it seems like his administration had a lot of concerns. That such telecom-related Chinese companies could pose national security threats. The Trump administration suspected that these companies could be used for spying. Now, something that I should make very clear is that these allegations have been denied by the three wireless carriers. Okay, Nandini. I also understand that just hours after Trump left office in January, the three companies filed appeals to reverse the decision on their delisting. But the big news seems to be that the appeals were unsuccessful. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So all three have now lost their appeals. So according to separate statements by the three Chinese telecoms companies, a committee of the board of directors of the New York Bourse has stood by a decision to remove their American depository shares from the exchange, and. I'm sure many are curious what's going to happen next for the companies. So far, I can tell you that China Mobile is reportedly considering a domestic flotation. Meanwhile, China Telecom said back in March that it plans a Shanghai offering and it expects to raise about four billion U.S. dollars. Now, although the U.S. listed shares of these companies have already been suspended. They are continuing to trade in Hong Kong. Nandini, let's talk about the broader implications of this decision because I'm sure there's a whole lot more to it. Yeah. So for me, I think the story tells us a lot about the current state of U.S.-China relations, namely that just because there's a new man in the White House, it doesn't automatically mean that bilateral relations have transformed. Uh, in fact, the latest news may suggest that 
President Biden is likely to maintain curbs on certain Chinese companies, which were imposed by the former president. And a pretty striking report by Bloomberg, which came out on Friday, has cited unidentified sources as saying that Washington may seek to maintain pressure on Beijing by actually preserving the investment ban. So this story definitely seems to be much bigger than the three telecom giants at the center of it. Okay, thanks, Nandini. And we look forward to uh, hearing from you again soon. Thanks, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Here's stories from Caixin Global, SubChina, Sixth Tone, and many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.